Hello, everyone. Hello. I'm Libby. I'm Allie. And this is the... Social Work Friends Podcast. And we're doing great. We're... That's fantastic. Um, today, we're going to be talking about this lovely little thing that Allie has never heard of before, which kind of blows my mind, because I live by it, I swear by it, I breathe by it. I'm just kidding. No, I don't. Um, but it is this little tiny thing called the McDonald triad. Would you have any guess as to what that is? I would like it if it involved like a burger, yeah, fries and a like cold a soft drink or something. Oh, no. But I mean, yes it doesn't. No, it's not as delightful as a McChicken. Unfortunately. I don't think I've ever had a McChicken, but I'm assuming they're, they're good. They're not good for you. They don't even really look that appetizing. But they're fucking delicious, and it's, like, the best midnight snack I think I've ever had. I, um, don't go to McDonald's very often. You're really not missing out? I got food <laughs> you poisoning get, there. I was gonna say. Unless you probably want to get sick. I, 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 my parents brought us there once, um, and we got, um, I, I remember enjoying, um, their what was it called a like a cod sandwich or something and I got it there maybe it was fish sticks um I got it and then immediately after I became very ill and so I don't think I probably have eaten there since if I had to guess um but I do very vaguely remember the the aroma um and I have gotten their fries before. Because if somebody wants to go there, I'll still go there. But I just don't get anything because <laughs> it'll make me puke in my mouth a little bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's the McDonald's tangent of the day. Uh, what? Uh, how are we going to do thrift hauls? Did we thrift anything? In the past 24 hours? Mm-mm. Well... No thrift haul. No update. I still don't know what I fucking bought. I thought about it for a while. And I even kind of looked when I got home and I'm like... I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, I guess I just got that bookshelf, that book, the books thing. <gasps> Ooh, that would be cute. You didn't say that, so... No, because I also forgot about that. I think I did... Alright, um, before we get into that whole thing, after that tangent, Allie, what did you thrift? Um, I found this really cool, like, hollow book frame thing. It's not a frame, it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. You hang it on the wall, and it looks like books, and there's three of them, and oh. they're really cool. That's It's all like a faux, faux book shelf arrangement. Yeah, there you go. And that was very exciting because I really love books, and that's basically the only thing I decorate with anyway is just stacks of books all around the apartment, so that was really nice. And then I also got this pumpkin that I repainted. Did you repaint it? Yeah, I did. Sweet. To more of like a muted orange. I didn't really like the vibrant. We're not here for vibrant. No. And I think, I'm pretty sure that was it. That's a good, that's a good Halloween one. I, uh, um, oh, I remember what I got. I, 
have been following this artist around my hometown, not my hometown, the place where I'm currently living. Um, and for some reason I've been finding these homemade, very clearly handmade, homemade um, ceramic pumpkins. And I've just been stumbling across them at our local Goodwills and thrift stores. And they are so cute. They're fugly. They are very clearly handmade. Uh, but I have a big one and a little one and I saw another one at a thrift store and I was like how much for that pumpkin right there and she was like It's not for sale. I was like, I will literally give you $25 for that pumpkin. Like I want that pumpkin There are artists signed on the bottom But they're very just clearly like they're the eyes are wonky the mouth is like half open <laughs> on one side and a little weird on the other side But it's just somebody that apparently made these little pumpkins and then donated them to various thrift stores and now I'm just collecting them. I'm following the breadcrumb trail until I find the person that did it. Um, but I thrifted two of those and they're so freaking cute and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll put a picture up of them. Um, but they are, they, they are my whole heart. This, they're think, so wholesome looking. I think that's pretty special because I'm not sure if a lot of other people would have bought those. Have you, you've seen the pumpkins on my porch. And then the front or the side? They're on that porch, that, the front porch. I walked past them. You maybe not, didn't. I don't know exactly if I examined them. them. Uh, but they were definitely there. Now we're going to jump into the McDonald's Triad, which is not a delightful soft drink and sandwich with fries combo. Um, it is, in fact, probably the exact opposite of delightful, as you're gonna find out. I could imagine that, yeah. It 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 is it is um, basically a compilation of all of the red flags that one could probably come across in a human being. Um, so the McDonald Triad was presented and researched by this dude. You'll never guess his last name. McDonald. Mm -mm, it's Burger King. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, his name, he's a psychiatrist that went by the name J.M. MacDonald. And it's not M.C., it's M.A.C. MacDonald, not Mick. Mac. Okay. Mm. So I'm, I'm mispronouncing McDonald's intentionally. Um, he published this in 1963. Um, he, he published a study that basically suggested a link between... Um, childhood behaviors and tendency towards violence in adulthood. So the childhood behaviors are the triad. Guess, guess what the childhood behaviors would be. There's three of them. The three biggest red flags you can think of in a kid. Did they kill animals? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's like one. Like dissecting them and stuff? Um, fire setting? Mm-hmm. Wow, you're good at this. I What's the like other one that's just alarming? Usually, like, any kind of sexualized behaviors. Mm -mm. No? Hmm. I don't know. Bedwetting. Chronic bedwetting. Like, past the age that it's appropriate. Yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, concerning. So, the triad is chronic bedwetting, animal abuse, not even abuse, uh, animal cruelty, and torture, mostly torture, um, and, uh, arson, a.k.a. fire setting, um, could be any kind of fire setting. Um, 
minor acts of arson are included in that. Um, so, like, the girl on Pitch Perfect that, like, whispers, the whisper girl, oh, yeah. when she whispers, <laughs> I enjoy setting fires or something like that. Um, I, I hate my twin in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did not eat my twin in the womb. Thus <laughs> we good. were a quad, and I <laughs> ate my quad, but... Um, so this try-on has... It, it, it gained momentum when it was first released, but, like, it's really been shot into stardom by everybody's obsession with true crime nowadays. Um, and there's just one thing that um, people leave out, and it's, it's, it's that it's not a very valid study. Um... The dude himself actually studied it and researched it more in depth and was like, uh, maybe I was wrong. And, you know, uh, said that these correlates aren't necessarily the defining features. Somebody can have all three of these and not be a serial killer. That being said, the reason why he studied these in the first place is because serial killers, which is like our largest manifestation of like violence, yeah. is... Uh, serial killers have a have this triad often but it's also like you're like what define animal cruelty like are we torturing or are we just like there's a lot of wiggle room there's a lot of wiggle room also uh bedwetting can be attributed to many different things i mean there's reasons these things can happen and not have be have a serial killer birth um I also want to add one in here that wasn't mentioned, but I think should be mentioned, and that is a head injury as a child, a, a traumatic brain injury as a child, because a lot of serial killers have traumatic brain injuries as children. I'm just saying. That, I think, could be the... It's not a trifecta, a quadfecta? The quadratic equation? Yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Into serial killers. So, um... These things are supposed to be predictors from um, uh, violent behavior, but in fact, it, it's 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 just not super accurate. So they redid the study. Some other people did, and they examined eighty-eight people convicted of violent acts or murder, um, and claimed to find similar results, which is cool, um, but they only found 31 of them had the full triad. So I think that kind of disqualifies it a little bit. And the other 57 fulfilled only part of the triad. So I don't think it counts. I don't think that's definitive. Like, there's so many other factors then that they'd be missing. And you're also, I mean, you're looking at these kinds of things and you're kind of not thinking about their actual trauma that could be causing these things, like a lot of sexual trauma, there's mm-hmm. bedwetting involved. Um, or if they just have, like, a bladder... I don't... Isn't that, like, bladder infection? Then you can't hold your pee? It could be, yeah. I think. Or, like, um, uh, somebody who's maybe not diagnosed with diabetes. And, uh, maybe they just had a freaking nightmare. Every night, multiple times a night? Maybe. I don't think I've ever peed the bed. I'm gonna lie. That might be TMI, but I don't think I have. Not in my memory, at least. I definitely was a kid. I don't know if I did. I did. I used to, when I was little, I would, like, if I woke up and it was wet, I would grab all of, like, the 
bed sheets and stuff and take them downstairs and wash them and then put them back on my bed so nobody knew. What happened to your mattress? Febreze. <laughs> Febreze. <laughs> I feel like I was not concerned about like drying the mattress, which is probably gross. Good thing that mattress is long gone. Burned? It's very much in the garbage. Can Oof. you burn a mattress? I feel like that's... It's terrible. Not good. You're, you're definitely not you supposed to, that. but that is definitely a thing that happens in Hickville, is oh, people set sure. mattresses on fire constantly. everything. Like, it, there's no tomorrow, they set mattresses on fire. A lot like people with arson do. Um, but I, I... Okay, so arson is like the only one that I can't attribute it to something else. Like, if setting things on fire brings you joy... I don't know how to explain I feel that. like contextually, like, some people just like fire, which I guess could be, like, a red flag in itself. But, like, my brother used to just play, like, when it was in the fire pit, he would like an aerosol can. We used to, like, throw axe cans. Stuff like that. Or in the fire. One time I did light tissues on fire in my house just to see what would happen, and then I threw it in the garbage, and then I had to run to the bathroom and get it, like, douse it. That was really dumb. But I don't think I played with fire after that. Uh, yeah, see, and there's like there's one and so, done situations. Like if you're five you and you're scared. like, let me throw this match on the mat on the bed and see what happens, and then you set the fucker on fire. I'm not gonna call you an arsonist, but if you continue to do it because it really like fulfills a need inside of you, then we have other issues. We did in high school. There Uh-oh. was this kid that lit his house on fire. Oh, like, there's always some of those. To the fucking ground. Yeah, I, I worked with a kid whose brother did that, and he was like, yeah, I don't really know what to, what to, what to uh, say about that. Um, he, he did just burn the house down, and I, I was like, he, he, he burned your say. house down. Just... Loved him nonetheless, but I was like, <laughs> buddy. Uh, Why? And then he tried to do it again when he moved, <sighs> and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Good luck with that. Ooh, Yeah. So, there have been, like, separate studies that have gone into it to kind of explain the link between behavior and the three different things in the triad. So, in 2003, there was a study that looked at the patterns of animal cruelty and behavior in the childhoods of five different people who were convicted of um, serial murder. They were convicted serial killers. Um, Once they were over the age of 18, though, so only when they were adults. Um... And so they applied um, a research technique known as social learning theory, which is basically that behaviors can be learned from imitating um, and modeling of other behaviors. So like you see something happen and then you model it and that's how you learn the behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it found that the cruelty of animals in childhood would lay the foundation for cruelty towards people in adulthood um, or violence in adulthood. Um, And so that's kind of like where it levels up as time goes on. Um, So you see this behavior as a kid, you see your, maybe your mom or your dad abuse an animal and then you realize, oh, they're not doing that to me. I'm going to do that so that I can continue to not have it done to me. And then it just graduates from there. Um, so they didn't expand it to any other people except for those five subjects. So it's, it's, it's a small study that maybe 
should be widened and broadened. Um, but there are other studies, like one that was in 2004, um, that had a really high correlate between animal cruelty and adulthood violence, which is kind of scary. I mean... Isn't that, like, always how it starts in, like, TV shows when there's serial killers? It was always, oh, they used to beat the dogs. Or they were caught. Mm-hmm. I don't know, they murdered one or something like that. I feel like that's almost always the backstory in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There are... Um, it, it's, it's, it's overdone. There's things that they have studied within the triad that are like, ah, maybe not. Um, and there's also like there's different things that can be put into the triad, you know? Like the brain injury part. I mean, you could filter that in. Um, and there are there are other reasons for these things. So it didn't really hold up. Um, but there are a fair amount of serial killers that um, had the McDonald triad. Can you guess any? What do you, who, do, who do you think? Like, a name of serial killer? Mm -hmm. That you think would probably fit in that. Mm, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, no. Oh. Um, At least I don't think so. I don't know. I was just thinking of him. Doesn't He's the one that just had the show come out, right? Oh, shit. I was thinking Ed Gein. Jeffrey Dahmer does have that, yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, Ed Gein too, but not him. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer did, does have the triad. If you watch the movie My Friend Dahmer, um you see him he had like this thing his this shed in his house where he would like pick up animals like roadkill and experiment on them which eventually escalated as it does with the with the whole graduation effect to um live animals his neighbor's cats his cat that kind of stuff oh, um, not you tony though you're precious nonetheless um Oh my god, he's so fucking mad at me right now. Oh, don't bite me. Too much. Too much um, Ed Kemper had fulfilled the McDonald Triangle. Um, we talked about the Billy Milligan case. Oh, yeah. And his abuser actually fulfilled the McDonald Triad. Mm hmm. And Billy witnessed it. It's a weird term of fence. And then he learned it. He didn't kill anybody, though. Oh, wow. Well, uh, maybe he did. So, yeah, there's a lot of serial killers that go into it. And um, it's pretty sensationalized. And there's, I think, better qualifications that could go into it. And if I had to suggest some. If I had to suggest a new triad. Here's, here's what it would be. It would be childhood trauma, a.k.a. like a, I would say like an ace score of like seven or more. I think that would be a good um, thing to have on there. Depending on the ace, I suppose. Oh, that would be hard. I feel like just the ace score overall would make sense. Like a high ace score mm -hmm. of seven or more? I, you gotta tick a couple other boxes. Like, you have to tick oh, yeah. physical abuse, sexual abuse, 
those are those are all aces that could be put in there. So if you have seven or more, you probably tick probably two of those boxes. I, I would say. I think so. Um, so I would say an ace score or seven or more. I would say the traumatic brain injury, and I would say. Um, Oh, what was the other one? Mother retractor, dude. I had this down and I forgot it. Ah. You can take a second, don't worry. Huh? You can take a second, don't worry. What was the other one? Tony, Tony, Tony. I feel like fire setting could still work. Are you just going for three? Yeah. Okay, that I, I think would. animal cruelty could still work too, kind of. Yeah. I guess but fire setting is the one you can't explain. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't like the Bedouin anymore. Why? Because I just think that there's so many other things that could contribute yeah, to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, even the fire setting. That's like so. I'm replacing kiddos in like a foster home or a relative placement. Um, that's like one of the behaviors that comes up sometimes, and it's not even that. I guess that's a possible explanation. It's not even that they just like setting fires. It's that that's their way of acting out. Which, I mean, still, still a red flag there. Still, but yeah, I would that's say. just one of like the higher behaviors that they can, that sometimes can manifest. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I suppose, to probably understand that a lot more. Um... Like, why is, why is fire setting something that is, like, a release of some kind, it seems like? Mm. Um, I mean, I know sometimes people, like, write out something, like, a letter or just, like, a list of things that are maybe upsetting them, and then when they light it on fire, it's like it goes away. So I don't know if that's part of it. Like, when you... Like, that's how they get some of their anger out, Cause Yeah, because whatever the object is that you're burning up, it goes away and it's like a, a relief. Like the, it's one less burden on you maybe, or I don't know. Yeah. That's a possibility, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. I would definitely think so. Um, the, uh, I, I would say yes. I think fire setting could be a, part of the triad. Um, I just don't, like, I, I don't like how it just puts serial killers into a box and it's like, yeah, yeah, this, this, this seems to, like, if you check this, 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 you're a serial killer, which is just, like, not true. This is not how it works. No. And, it, and it's weird how many of them do tick those boxes. Like, it's really weird how many of those tick those boxes. I think it's just because they've experienced so a much trauma. thing. Like, I think, like, not I think, the trauma that they experience is the root of their behaviors of their, who they grow up to be. Like Yeah, I don't think there's any serial killers, I'm not going to say, maybe there is some, who have not experienced any kind of trauma. It doesn't be kind of shocked. I would be totally shocked. Like if you I have, I'm sure there's examples of it, but in my head, 
like you grew up in a loving home where money was never a stressor you were never abused in any kind of way you went to school blah blah like you had a, a good life mm-hmm. I would I would be kind of curious to see like if there are examples of that where people would still act out or not not act out but that they would have some of these behaviors still that'd be kind of interesting yeah and also I think it kind of sweeps under the rug the different reasons why people are serial killers I mean there's so many different kinds of serial killers and there's often like this weird sexual gratification part of serial killers that I don't think people really remember. I mean, uh, that Jeffrey Dahmer is 100% one of those people. He, he it was it was totally a, a a he was he was absolutely deranged, but he got sexual gratification from it for sure. And so where does that element come into play? Like why Especially, like, with necrophilia, why is that... I don't know. That's disgusting, but, like, I don't understand why that doesn't get addressed. It's just so gross. Where does that come from? I don't know. Um, I do have a few different studies that I've looked at. Um, so, okay. Let me do an overview real quick. So there is four different categories of serial killers. Visionary, mission, power and control, hedonistic. Visionary killers are those who are psychotic and end up killing due to some kind of psychotic break. So that's somebody that goes into a complete psychosis and has no clue where they are or what they're doing. And they usually, that's when it would be like random people. It's not really planned out who gets killed. So they're not strategic. Okay. They just, they just do it to do it. Like a spree killing? Yeah. That's the word I was like. Sure. Um, so somebody that's like one after the next, after Mm -hmm. the next, and then they're down and they're like, oh fuck. Um, they don't, they, they don't have a victim type. So their victimology is like, it, it totally throws people for a loop because it's not like brown eyed blonde-haired girls. It's random people. Um, and there's no common reasoning. So, um, they, they're just completely random. Um, and then you have mission-oriented serial killers, um, who have that victimology. They have that victim type, um, because they feel it's their job to get rid of that unwanted group of people. So that's where, like, any kind of racism, like that kind of killings would come in? Or any specific or like, victimology where they did it because they hated those people. Okay. Like, they're, they're racist killings, yeah, but also there are certain serial killers who targeted a certain complexion person or, like, a certain hair-colored um, person like because that. they hated them. Um, sex workers is a really good example of that. Um, the, the, I think that's probably one of the more common groups, I would say, is sex workers. That or the homeless population. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Um, and so 
power and control killers are pretty similar. Um, those are the people that um, they have a victim type and they feel power over their victims when they kill them. Um, so they target a certain group because of the availability of them. So instead of wanting to get rid of them, they just know that these are like an unprotected group of people. So again, it's the same same category of like sex workers because mm -hmm. they are an unprotected group of people or homeless people. They're an unprotected group of people. Um, and then you have hedonistic um, killers, which are for pleasure. So that's where that, that sexual gratif gratification comes in. So there's three subtypes to hedonistic killers. Um, and so there's comfort, thrill, and lust. And those are the three things that satisfy them. Um, comfort killers are those who kill for material gain, such as money. So that's like probably serial poisoners, where they like, like black widows basically is like where they get into a relationship with like an older person and then they poison them, they take their life insurance and then they move out to the next person. Um, and then uh, the thrill killer, um, they get sexual gratification from the act of torture or prolonging the death of their victim. Um, and then once the victim has died, um, they their body is no use to them so they don't they aren't into the whole necrophilia thing um the third type is the lust murderer which is that person that does get the sexual gratification from like actually the act of killing which is so gross so gross um so yeah i just think that it's kind of strange that we don't like the McDonald trial is triad is talked about and attributed to all of these things, but the actual categories of serial killers is not really considered. Like I don't think people really consider the reason why they do these things and then study them. Like they group them together and then study them. I think that would yield a lot better results. Personally. I would agree. That would make the most sense. Cause if you think about it, if you're if you're killing people for the same reason then you should probably have some kind of a similar background, don't you think? Mm -hmm. So then they could maybe prevent it from happening more in the future if they have kind of like those red flags to look at initially, you know? Like once they've studied it, once they've had examples from cases and they can go back and be like, okay, this is how the childhood was. Like looking at the trauma aspect of it mm -hmm. and then trying to not have more serious so <laughs> so if you think about it if you okay so let's discount um the first category of people so let's discount the people that just go into complete psychosis okay um because they are they're, they're they don't have a victimology they don't really have a rhyme to their reason they just go into psychosis so let's say you have like a specific type of person, a specific victimology for the person. So that leads you to think of somebody that's calculated in what they're doing. So then you can find your um, possible perpetrators, your possible serial killers, and look into their childhood and say, do these people, 
have trauma. If they don't have any trauma, I'm not going to say you can 100% rule them out, but like if they don't have any trauma, then they probably won't be killing for lust unless they are really mentally able. That goes into the psychotic again. Mm -hmm. I just don't like, wouldn't that make sense of like looking into their childhood and looking for these things that aren't just bedwetting and can be contributed to so many other things? Yeah. I just don't know how you would separate them. Like, thinking about how... I don't know. I just feel like every serial killer has experienced trauma. Like, I don't... I don't know. I'm saying you can weed out the people that don't have any trauma. As not being... Candidates? I don't know. As not being um, persons of interest. I feel like that's kind of what they do. Like, think so? Yeah. I mean, it shows they're like, well, eh, maybe not. I don't know. I have no real life experience to contribute this to. Neither do I. I wish we did. That'd be interesting. Have experience with what? Solving crimes? Yeah. I think we should solve some crimes. I think we could be very good crime solvers. We just have to go back to school (laughs) and become, um, forensic psychologists and social workers. That would be pretty gnarly. It would be pretty gnarly. I would love it. I just... I I am just kind of confused by this whole thing. It is so interesting. So I found this study. Um, and it is by... Let me... Uh, it's called The Descriptive Study of Syracuses in the Presence of the McDonald Triad by Vivian... A. Zaniga from Grand Valley State University. Um, and it is so interesting. Um, partial fulfillments of the requirements of the degree of Master of Science in the Criminal of Justice. That, in the criminal, in, in the Master of Science uh, in Criminal Justice. Wow, I really struggled through that. <laughs> um, and this was done in 2021, I think. It looked mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Looks like. It was signed in 2021. Um, This is a fantastic thesis to do work on. It seems pretty awesome. Um, But, so, she's the one that has made all of these distinctions that I've made between serial killers. So, take a look at that if you're interested. But, um, so... She's the one that like categorized them, like the four groups. Mm-hmm. Well, she she categorized them in this. They're already pre-categorized. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so she goes into it and kind of explains why these things are being considered in 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 specifically like non-psychotic serial killers. Um, and the bedwetting she explains as. Somebody who's um, age capable of bladder control, um, but bedwetting is often an effect of sexual abuse and can be a predictor for behavioral problems. So I think that's where she is getting this from. That's the conclusion she came to. Um, And fire setting is also an indicator of child abuse. Would that make sense with what you've experienced with it? Mm-hmm. Um, because it correlates with great anger 
and also displays a high frequency of maltreatment. Which would make sense. Would make the sense. anger and fire, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so it, it, it correlates with violence in adulthood. Um, and I like that she's not, she's not completely discarding the childhood trauma that contributes to this, whether it's sexual or physical or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually incorporating it into the explanation of it. And um, she's explaining why these things can be attributed to serial killers. Because, like we said, they hit the high A scores, probably. So that means they probably experienced physical and sexual abuse mm-hmm. and probably verbal abuse. And drug use in the home and stuff like that so they click these boxes because those are a manifestation of their trauma which I think is very interesting so she's not saying no but she's also not attributing it to just the McDonald triad like you can experience these things and not be your serial killer obviously Mm um so the, the thing that she really highlights the most is that um, animal cruelty is actually one of the biggest predictors of violence in adulthood and serial killers in adulthood. It's just animal cruelty. That just makes sense because animals are defenseless. They are defenseless. Like, they're just these cute little things that are fully dependent on you. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And you're... I don't know. I think you have to be really heartless to ever do anything wrong to an animal. You have to be very remorseless. And I think that that's... I'm not going to get into psychopathology versus sociopaths. <laughs> I think that that would be a good um, episode in the future. But I know another characteristic of that you could throw into whatever triad you want is really a huge blatant lack of empathy or remorse. I think that is a very concerning character trait. Because empathy is not something necessarily that can be taught particularly well. It's something you learn through observation and if your brain doesn't necessarily have the capacity to do it, then you don't do it. And I'm not saying that people who can't feel empathy are all serial killers, but no, but I think it can be heightened over time. So, like, it starts as something small when you're little, like, taking the last cookie. Or, like, yeah, that's a bad example. But, like, something small like that, and then as you grow up, it might get more extreme. Because you don't you don't feel bad for taking the last cookie. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck them. I want the cookie. I'm going to have the cookie. You don't feel cookie. bad for running the red light and hitting somebody. Yeah. You just drive off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's where that really starts to get concerning and, and you can 100% see that in serial, in some serial killers and some serial killers are really good at masking their lack of empathy because they some weren't. of them do show remorse though which I think is kind of bizarre like you there's some examples that you'll kill <sighs> the a person voiced killer and then bury them all nice and sometimes they'll like dress them in brand new clothes they'll like if they were dirty, they'll, like, wipe them down, clean them, which that could be to get rid of any evidence. But it could also be a nice thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll, like, lay flowers or they'll go and visit it again. And I think that also could be them 
showing remorse also could be they want to relive their bad it's deed. ego thing, yeah. So, but I always thought that was bizarre. What case were you talking about? The weepy-voiced killer. What is they that? actually, he was active in Wisconsin and Minnesota back in the Diz day. Um, these, the 911 calls, he calls himself in. And he, he is like crying. So think of like a man sobbing. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I'm so sorry I killed that girl. I feel so bad. And, and, and he's crying through these, and he's absolutely frantic. And then he hangs up. And he's, he's just crying through the whole thing, and he's saying how bad he feels. I don't necessarily know if he felt bad, but he's trying to say it. could be where um, having, like, DID could come in? Maybe. Like, or even... Could that be, like, a a sign of, like, bipolar? Because, like, one second, you, like, don't give a shit, you're gonna kill somebody, and the next second, you're, like, sobbing, and then you're, like, oh, shit, never mind, I don't care. Like, is um, that part of it? I don't, I don't think that that would be part of bipolar. Okay. So, bipolar, I thought that was, on, like, extreme. It is, it's extreme, um, highs and lows, it's not, it, it's okay. not extreme, like, um action and it's also depending on which one it's it's extreme highs with mm, fading lows Mm -hmm. so it it depends on hyper and hypomania but um it wouldn't necessarily be like i am manic so i killed a person and then i am depressed so i'm sad about it but uh yeah so i wouldn't say that's bipolar but i think it could be DID, and I think from based on our episode about DID, we still have no fucking clue nope. what it is. <laughs> um, no matter how hard we look at it, but I think it is really interesting to see serial killers that show remorse for their victims, even though they fucking brutally murdered them. Mm-hmm. Brutally murdered them. Just doesn't make any sense. And then you get people like Jeffrey Dahmer who literally are like, eh. Eh. Could not care less. So shitty. So shitty. Have you heard of all the, like, the backlash on the show? Mm-mm. Um, like, the victims' families are pretty upset about oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Did they even get a dime from all of the... I have no idea. Probably not. I'd be kind of surprised if they did. I personally would probably not want my family members' names being put into a Netflix documentary. Well, not only that, but I think... So many people are looking at it, not as a joke, but they're like, oh, he's hot. Like, that's a big thing. I think on probably TikTok or just social media in general. Jeffrey looks exactly like that pe- But people are, like, focused on his looks. They're not, like, really thinking about the impacts that his actions and what he did had on real people. They're like, oh, this is just a TV show. It's, it's cool. It's funny. He's hot. He can come and... Like Jeffrey Dahmer or Evan Peterson? I think both. Okay. So, like, he was portrayed by, I would say, somebody who's more attractive than him. Just like fucking Ted Bundy was portrayed by (laughs) Zac Efron. So, it's it's no wonder that we, we are ready, for some reason, as a society, sensationalize, and it's really strange and I don't understand it, but, like, Richard Ramirez, the pentagram guy... The Night Stalker, he was 
he had so many people that like tried to get into relationships with him when he was in jail mm-hmm. and he was like sensationalized for being this attractive bad boy serial killer and it's like no, he's just a serial killer. He literally killed lots of people. And he literally does not care. So, and it's the same way with Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. They didn't yeah. look alike. No. He did not look like Zac Efron. Zac Efron did a really good job. I liked that show, but it sensationalizes serial killers into like a more attractive light. Mm-hmm. When you should be having them play, instead of Zac fucking Efron, I'm going to say it one more time, chiseled dude. Fucking Choi from High School Musical. Instead of that human statue, maybe have just like an average looking person that doesn't have an eight pack and is mm-hmm. fucking ripped play Ted Bundy. Because Ted Bundy was just an average looking dude. But he also had people that tried to like seek him out and date him because he was this edgy bad boy. And it's oh, like, there's he's just a fucking of color. And then sometimes in. Back to my show's reference because that's all I have. Um, sometimes they'll, like, actually start dating, quote, quote, dating while they're in jail, and they'll have whoever's on the outside start committing acts for them, like, go and kill somebody to help them get out of jail, because it makes them look, if they do all of the same things, mm-hmm. like, their MO, then they can get out of jail. That's suspicious, too. What's going on in your head that you want to fuck a serial killer? There's something. Fair. There is something. Fair. Because you'll probably also get murdered. Maybe daddy issues? I'm not sure. Maybe. I, 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 I don't know. I don't understand it. And I don't like it. It makes me very uncomfortable when people are like swooning over serial killers. But literally the entire country is doing that right now. Yep. So I would be upset you know. if I was like one of those family members too. Because they're being portrayed by Evan Peterson. He did a fantastic job, but he is... Far more attractive than Jeffrey Dahmer. Far more. And it, it, it misrepresents serial killers. It's just making the whole thing out to be kind of a joke more than anything. More yeah, than it does like not take it seriously. Yeah. You should just have a plain Jane guy play a plain Jane guy instead of sensationalizing it like that. Granted, you probably wouldn't get the views you get if oh, if no. if Evan Peterson it's wasn't like playing it. Like number one on Netflix, I think, right now. Oh, I'm sure it is. I haven't watched it. I'm still yeah. taking. Also, I'm on my hiatus no. from true crime. Still, I'm easing my way in. I back in. I usually watch them. Uh, but yeah, I I would agree with that. I don't I don't think it's wrong to make a Netflix documentary about no. it, but I do think it's wrong to have marginally attractive actors play it them not marginally exceptionally attractive actors play them like that's literally what evan peterson and zach efron especially zach efron is known for <laughs> evan peterson i feel like is less known but like guys guys you knew what you were doing um okay um any other thoughts comments concerns questions quotes no okay um, so that is the McDonald triad and our thoughts on it and our new rendition of it in a nutshell. Um, we kind of got off on a little bit of a hiatus, but that's okay. We do it every time. Um, so yeah, next episode, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about. And so yeah, well, stay we tuned. could just extend spooky season. We could extend spooky season. What would you extend it with? We could do the witch trials, and we could do cryptids, too. 
So basically, we have a lot of options and we don't know yet. So We have some things we need to suss out. No matter what, we're going to find out and you can catch us on Tuesdays for our mini sods. They're teeny tiny, they're bite-sized, they're adorable. You can catch us on Thursdays for the full-size ones. Um, and you can find us on Instagram. What's your Instagram, Allie? Uh, Social Work Friends Pod. Yep. So you can find us there on Instagram. That's where we'll be posting our thrift hauls. Um, we're pretty active over there, so just come hang out. Check it have out. Have fun. Um, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, where you should rate, review, and subscribe to us, because that's the only place we can read your review. Um, you can also find us on Spotify. Also review and follow the pod on there um you can find us on amazon music i don't use amazon music so i'm not really sure how it works um and then also thank you to our i think two anchor listeners now Hell they're growing yeah. i don't know who you are but you are honestly the biggest mystery me and ellie have ever experienced so <laughs> if, if you can either remain a mystery or reveal your identity whichever one is easiest for you um but thank you to you on anchor the, the random two people who are listening. I do appreciate you. Just find us on there. Maybe find us on Anchor. Go on a journey. Find us on Anchor. Um, there's also a different platform. I can't remember what it's called. You can basically find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to have a fantastic spooky season, even though we're at the end of spooky season. But also have a fantastic day, minute, second. Take a deep breath. Have a fantastic night. I don't care what it is. Have a good one, and we will talk to you later. Bye. See ya.